Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm your host, Inman Narwin, and this week we're continuing to talk about go bags. We have the second part of an interview with the founder of this podcast, Margaret Kiljoy, where we continue our conversation from last week at literally the exact place that we left off. But first, this podcast is a proud member of the Channel Zero network of anarchist podcasts, and here is a jingle from another show on the network. Do 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 do. I'm going to make those pompous academics regret kicking out such a genius. Deciding to build my lab and do my research. The Time Talks Podcast. Have you ever stared at a 500 page book and wish you could just talk to the author about their ideas instead? If so, the Time Talks Podcast, part of the Channel Zero Network, is for you where we discuss history, politics, music, and art with an anti-authoritarian and anarchist perspective. The Time Talks Podcast. What's this light? I feel different. The Time Talks Podcast. So, Margaret, we've gone through hygiene kit, uh, survival kit, and... First aid. I immediately forgot the third part. First aid kit. Um, and so that that wraps up kind of like an emergency yep. pack. What 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 else goes in a bug out bag? So now that we get to the bag itself, I would say the next most important thing is a water bottle. Specifically, I like and I give to all my friends single wall steel canteen style water bottles. And the reason that I like these is that you can boil water in them. The double wall vacuum sealed canteens, Mm. they rule for a lot of purposes. Like um, actually they're really good for like putting hot soup in your bag if you're going out hiking for the day and you get to the top of the mountain, get to as if I've ever climbed a whole ass mountain. By my standards where I live, the mountains are very (laughs) short. And so when you climb up a whole ass Appalachian mountain, you can have your warm soup up at the top even when it's snowing and shit, you know? But overall... I use 32-ounce steel wall canteens. I like them a lot. And then you're also going to want to make sure that you have, like, food in there, protein bars and other snacks. So that's the, like, core. But then for the bag itself, it's really going to depend on what you're doing. So I guess I'll go over the not camping stuff first, the kind of, like, the stuff that is like, okay, because there's all the like camping shit and that's really useful depending on your situation, but things to put in your go bag, your passport. Um, if nothing else, if you don't want your actual main documents in here, you're going to want to put photocopies and digital copies of your, your stuff in here, which is of course somewhat of a security risk. If someone steals your bag, they get this stuff, right? But uh, for me, the threat model, it is... My passport is more useful to me in my backpack than it is at home in a safe when I'm a thousand miles away. So your passport, uh, which I would push anyone who is capable in the United States of making sure that they have an updated passport, especially these days. You want your important documents backed up. Um, This could be some of your medical records. It could be your dog's medical records. It could be your children's medical records. And you might want like the deed to your house. You might want some of the vehicle registration stuff. You want your like stuff, not necessarily the originals in this particular case, but you want the documents of it in case you're like coming back later and need to prove some shit, you know, because a lot of crises might disrupt 
a lot of the institutions of bureaucracy. And you would think that in times of crisis, bureaucracy would be like, I guess we kind of get in the way of human freedom. But no, in times of crisis, borders will still be like, oh, I don't know about you. You don't have the right document. I don't care that the road you're on is literally on fire or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Another way to back these up is literally just take pictures of them on your phone and have it on your phone. But I think it's actually a good idea to have a USB stick with these documents as well. And you might want to consider encrypting that, which I don't know if all computers can do easily, but at least my computer can do easily. And and you probably want, you might want more of an expanded first aid kit in this. I guess that gets into the other thing. And then the other thing that I think you're going to want in your go bag is you want fucking entertainment. Like this gets overlooked so much, but when, when COVID hit, the way that my mental health works, I was very isolated, right? I, um, I, I could not put myself at risk to COVID um, because of my mental health. And so I lived alone in a cabin uh, without much electricity. And the best purchase I made was something called a BitBoy, and I highly recommend it. It is this tiny, it looks like a, a tiny Game Boy, and it has all of the mm. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and everything else games like on it. And it uses almost no battery. Uh, it's rechargeable. It's a little finicky. If you like turn it off, it like fucks it up. Because it's like a it's like a $30 thing full of pirated shit, right? So it's super finicky. But I swear that this thing had a better mental health effect on me than like almost anything else during that time. And the other thing that got me through it was yeah. I had legally purchased downloads of tv and yeah. so even though i didn't have internet i once a week once a day like sat down and ate my cold soup and watched fucking steven universe and like Hell and yeah. that shit got me through it and so like a usb stick full of like movies tv also specifically um a USB stick full of like survival guides and information about how to build things, fix things, all of that shit. I think it's a super useful thing for a bug out bag. And I leave it up to. Mm-hmm. Can I? Yeah. It's funny because um, we it's like we're in it. I feel like this episode is something where we're covering a lot of stuff that and I, I just want to start flagging things like uh, we like we we did like a whole episode on how you can build a a mesh network essentially to have things like libraries of entertainment or Wikipedia downloads or like survival bits. Um, So if you want to learn more about that, then go check out that episode. I believe it's called Andre on solar. Oh yeah. I forgot we talked about some of the mesh network stuff. That's just fucking cool. And yeah, so have a library with you. Um, you know, keep a download of Wikipedia on your computer. Um, my computer bag is an example of the kind of bag that theoretically I should be a little bit smarter and like kind of keep next to the bug out bag when it's not in use, right? Because I'm going to throw my laptop into my bug out bag if I'm running, right? And so it's like people are like, oh, but where's your like giant knife? And like, don't get me wrong, I have a giant knife on my bag. But I also now have a Nintendo Switch in there, which is an upgrade from the BitBoy. <laughs> and like, it is, it is, I am proudest of that, of all of the things in my bug out bag. I see that as the most likely for me to use. And I remember before COVID, I remember thinking to myself, as I was preparing uh, a library hard drive, and as I was preparing, well, I didn't have the Switch yet. But I was like, man, what kind of apocalypse leaves you with like free time? 
And I'm like, oh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the next pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Or fucking hanging out in a refugee center for trans people in Canada. Or whatever the fuck horrible shit we're going to have to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, sorry, just to just to clarify, free time for a lot of people and like an incredible amount of not free time for <laughs> well, a lot of people. Yeah, no, I... I think I mean more about isolation. It's not like I like. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just being defensive, but it's like at the beginning of the pandemic, my my cabin did not sustain life. And so I had to put all of my work totally. into plumbing it, solaring it, you know, washing all my clothes by hand, like uh, like doing all this shit. Right. But I, I think that especially in times of isolation, there's like downtime that people don't expect. And yeah. and I could be wrong, but I, I suspect that this would be true almost no matter the crisis is that there's like downtime you don't expect um, where turning your where like not thinking about the crises that are happening is incredibly important. No, it is funny as it, you're right, because yeah. I, I think in my head, there's like the beginning of COVID. A lot of especially middle class people were like, oh, fuck, I'm stuck in my house and bored. Right. Versus a lot of working class mm-hmm. people who are like, well, now I'm still working in the middle of this nightmare, you know. Yeah, I think that like, but I I would guess that I don't know whatever I'll stop being defensive. Yeah, sorry, less of less of a less of a pushback and more just a bringing yeah. in this other piece of the piece of the no, context. Totally. But you know, there were also like overworked doctors who were like separated from their families, and so I yeah. imagine like they also did have probably this like weird amounts of downtime where it's like, well, I'm not at work, but I'm not with my family. What yeah. am I doing? Yeah, and, and specifically, like, for me, so. games are a really good anti-anxiety. Because I, I definitely hold by the busy bee is no time for sorrow. But then you're like, well, it's dark out. and I don't have lights in my house. What fuck am I going to do, you know? Okay, so so that's some of the stuff from a bug out bag point of view. That's like the kind of like, like documents and things like that matter a lot. Um you're also going to want anything that you need for uh, taking care of other loved ones and or uh, animals that you might have to do. Like my dog has a smoke mask. He does not like it. If we were in a wildfire situation, he would deal with it, you know? Um, and like, yeah. and so there might be like different stuff. Like I should probably get a muzzle for my dog. I don't I do not muzzle my dog on any kind of regular basis, but I could imagine a situation in which like, Everything is so stressful that it would be necessary, right? And you're going to know better than us what specifically other other stuff you need. But I guess I'll talk about more of the expanded survival stuff that a lot of people are going to put on their bug out bags. If that that makes sense? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And sorry, no. just to just to keep flagging some things. Um, so, uh, f- uh, folks, if if you if you want to learn more about other little pieces of this topic, like um, how to prepare for needing extra medications. Oh yeah. Um, or in a world where like medication systems kind of break down, um, we do a whole episode on it. Um, I'm blanking on what the episode title is, but I believe it's called "Taking Care of Your Medical Needs." That or sounds right. Like that, and I forget who the guest was. Um, but yeah, I, I I love that we're having this go bag conversation now because it I feel like we can really tie a lot of larger topics that we've that we've talked about before into it, which yeah. I'm really loving. Yeah, and then maybe we'll go through 
you know, kind of some more of this checklist type stuff and then talk more about the different situations in which one might need to go back as a son. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. So for the bag itself beyond the emergency kit, you've now added your documents, you've added your water bottle, you've added snacks. And for snacks, from my point of view, uh, I recommend snacks that you don't like because otherwise you're going to eat them beforehand. Uh, if you're me, <laughs> like, yeah, no, absolutely. I used to keep cliff bars and not builder bars as my snacks because I didn't like cliff bars, but I ate so many builder bars as part of my regular life, like as being an Oogle that now I'm kind of sick of them. So now it's like reversed and cliff bars are my like regular protein bar and builder bars are my, my snacks I throw in my bag, you know, and everyone's going to do this a little differently. Um, yeah. And and then that stuff is like most of the stuff in here is like I've, I also picked things that don't really expire, but food expires. And also so does that medication, although the medication tends to um, just lower its efficacy rather than become dangerous. Other things that I keep in my bug out bag, uh, a collapsible plastic water canteen. These are useful for a bunch of different things. Like if you just need to hold more water for a while, you might want one of these. I also... I have moved to a hydration bladder. Uh, a lot of people move away from them. I've recently moved towards them. People kind of go back and forth in the like hiking world, whatever, about hydration bladders. Um, as an oogle, I never use them. As a hiker, I really like them. Um, and sin- because you can hands-free or like minimal effort, like drink as you go, you know? And, you know, more water, good, except for the weight part of it, you know? Yeah. And you're also going to want to, to to keep talking about water. You're going to want a way of filtering water. And I think that this is true in most circumstances. I think that this is like, you know, some of this like survival stuff is very backwoodsy. But a lot of the survival stuff also applies to cities. And it applies to cities where like if you got a yeah. boil advisory, like I, I don't know anyone who's not had a boil advisory where they live at some point or another, right? You know, they every now and then they admit that the water isn't, drinkable in your area and like and also a lot of like urban survival stuff is like whatever i've like slept on a lot of rooftops in my life and shit you know like shelter from the elements is often easier to find in a city but not necessarily like a lot of other stuff so for myself there's a lot of different water filters a lot of them are designed for backpacking and those are tend to be pretty good i use a sawyer water filter they're these little tiny uh, ceramic water filters and they have a bunch of different like attachments to them. I used one of these at the beginning of COVID for all of my water um, because I didn't have a a great water source. And I was just like, basically like you just like, I set mine up to a five gallon bucket system where I put water in the five gallon bucket and then it goes through a hose into the Sawyer filter and then it gravity drips into another, into a five gallon jerry can. But that's like a stationary kind of thing. For a go bag, you use the same water filter, yeah. but it has like, one bag of like dirty water and one bag of clean water. Um, mm-hmm. You can also just rely on chemical filter, uh, not filtration, but like purification. Um, some people like the UV filter chemical things. I've never used one. And I don't totally understand them. I mean, I understand the concept, but I don't, I can't attest to them. It seems like most people are picking ceramic water filters. There's also a life straw. And a life straw is a perfectly fine thing to have. I keep one in my like hiking day bag. These are these like cheap water ceramic filters, like 15 bucks often. Um, and you just drink through it. Uh, you just like go up to the stream and you stick this thing in it and you drink out of the stream. 
it acts as a filter, but also it, you, like, you can't get viruses or stuff. Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. Like it, it, um, it's a ceramic okay. filter that, uh, yeah, all of these filters are designed to take like mountain stream water and make it potable. Actually, the thing that they're bad at is filtering large stuff like mud. And these can get like clogged up. This is the biggest downside of a ceramic filter. What a lot of people do is they take their bandana or their... If you're an Ugo, use a bandana. If you're a military bro, you use the... I forget what they're called. They're the like giant bandanas that um, uh, folks... like. Um, oh. I can't remember the name of them. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. What you're talking folks in the about, desert and like but... the you know Southwest Asia and stuff like tend to use. I think um, mm-hmm. you use one of those, and then if you're a um, a hiking bro, then you use um your what did I say they were called buff? Yeah. Buffs. Buff. Um, so you filter all the water through that if you want to like keep the ceramic water filter lasting longer. I haven't done as much like hiking filtering. I usually just I usually just bring enough water, but because I don't go on really long hikes. But I mostly have used the ceramic water filter in a stationary sense. So that's like my personal experience with it. But that's what I carry. Okay. You can also add, if you would like, you can add these like more ready-to-eat food besides just like bars and stuff. They make these... uh, It's basically Lombus bread. They make these like military rations that are like (laughs) vacuum-sealed and are good for five or ten years. And it's just like oil and flour, and it tastes like nothing. Um, and it's just calories. It's just like a block of calories. Um, and your body yeah. can go a fairly long time without food compared to water, right? But like for peak efficacy and also to not be a grouchy asshole, you want to at least put calories, if not nutrition, in your body. Um, a lot of the survival food yeah. doesn't really focus on nutrition because like it's not the end of the world if you don't get your vitamins for a couple of days. Yeah, but obviously everyone has different, you know, mm-hmm. like body needs or like food requirements. Yeah, totally. And so this is like maybe a good time for you know, folks with diabetes or or just any any other kind of predisposition that requires to have more food around. Yeah, and different types of food. Yeah, and uh, and I think it's actually worth having a variety of types of food also serve the people around you because I think a lot of this is going to be based on sharing because greediness in times of crisis people are like oh that's when you got to be greedy and i'm like the single most useful tool you can have is another person like yeah i I can't imagine something i would rather have in a time crisis than someone else yeah and so like yeah having a variety of types of foods i think is great from that point of view no yeah and like yeah everyone's gonna need different things um Okay, so next, fire. In most people's day-to-day life, fire is not a big component of it. And honestly, like, most random, like, overnight, like, when I was an Oogle, I didn't, like, fucking stop and make a fire in the woods most nights, you know? And if I did, it was kind of like a celebration type thing, you know? However, yeah, yeah. from a survival point of view, there's a lot of situations where being able to have a fire is really useful, um, specifically to mostly for warmth also for other like you know signaling purposes and for like you know if you make a wet fire it'll smoke more and things like that and for boiling water to another way to you know purify your water or whatever uh and also for cooking 
it's kind of a morale thing for cooking a lot of times. A lot of foods are you can just eat them cold and especially the kind of stuff you might want to keep in your bag. Mm-hmm. But for fire, you might want to have additional knife uh, fire methods. But you've already got a lot of them going on in the rest of your kit. Yeah. The kind of thing that I always sort of made fun of, but now I understand, is the big fuck off knife. Um, I mean, you're a knife maker, so you probably think about knives more than the average person. But it's true, and I think I'm curious what you have to say about the big, the big fuck off knife, mostly because I I've kind of worked my way back from it because I used to have mm-hmm. big fuck off knife yeah. all the t- like when I was an oogle, yeah. I was that oogle with the big the big fuck off yeah. knife. The big fuck off knife has two purposes. One is to get people to fuck off. Uh, it's not even about like drawing it. It's about fucking open carrying it. It's just about being like, yeah, I'm in a mini skirt and I have a like seven inch knife on my waist. <laughs> like, like people just fuck with you less when you have yeah. a big fuck off knife. And it's true. And so that's like one of the purposes. But then bushcraft. I didn't understand why survival knives were totally. big because I was like, a big knife. I'm not a knife fighter. I think anyone's a knife fighter is not thinking about how long they want to live. <laughs> like, like that's what I mean. Like, having a big fuck-off knife is to make people leave you alone. Not to, like, fight them with it, but just to, like, fucking get people to leave you alone. Yeah. But the giant knife is really useful for bushcraft. It's u- really useful for processing wood, if, especially if you don't have a hatchet or something with you. That's what I've, like, come to understand as to why survival knives are big. And I have a specifically their bladed on one side with a wide you're going to know these words better than me like spine and they have a wide spine so that you can split wood with it you can take a a stick and you can put it on it the end of the stick and then you can hit it with another stick or a rock and you can push the knife through the thing that's yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know more about knives than i do yeah yeah yeah. um just to just offer or a little, just a, a little bit of recontextualization. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not a bushcrafter mm-hmm. by any means. I wish that I was. I'd be, it's got to be so much cooler. But I do know knives pretty well, and for, I got asked. I've been asked to make bushcraft craft knives before, mm-hmm. and so you know, I did a bunch of research about bushcraft knives, and what I found was that, um, and then what I found from use is that, like, the big fuck off mm-hmm. knife is not actually great for bushcrafting. Um, oh, interesting. Like most bush, Yeah, m- most bushcraft knives are like, they kind of max out at six inches. Yeah, blade. okay. Yeah. And a lot of people err more on the like, you know, four and a half to five and a half. And yeah. Like, and what that gives you, because for bushcraft, it's like we, you, you described batoning yeah. earlier. If you're batoning your knife through yeah. wood to reduce it, you don't need a big knife for that. You need a sturdy knife for that. Yeah, okay. And with a smaller knife, you kind of get a lot more manual dexterity, so you can, like, do all of your other tasks. Okay. In I love knives. I love big fuck-off knives. The, I agree the purpose of a big fuck-off knife is for people to fuck off. And, the, I, the, you know, I can imagine, like, survival knives are often longer yeah. because you might need them for heavier, larger tasks. Right. But I'm honestly a fan of having a a belt axe for that yeah. purpose because it does that thing better 
Sorry, that's my that's no, my no. segue into knife world. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And if you ever want to lose a lot of your life, and I feel like you might have also read people talking about survival knife versus axe versus saw versus machete yeah. <laughs> about what you're supposed <laughs> totally. to bring into the woods. You know? Yeah, and what you're gonna learn is that knives there's no single knife that's good for everything yeah just like there's no single bag that's good for everything yeah you need to pick you need to pick the things that you're comfortable doing and you need to pick the tasks that you need done yeah and then find the right tool for it no that makes a lot of sense i will say in terms of saws and 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 knives and all that shit i have found that the the little wire saw is sort of bullshit um, have you seen these? Oh, I always wondered. But yeah, I always wondered. But I think, and the one I haven't used them much. I think I tried to use one once. the The pocket chainsaw is not bullshit, um, which is basically a oh, chainsaw okay. blade with two loops on either end, and you loop it around a limb, and then you like saw back and forth. You know, um, yeah. I think those are not bullshit. Although I think personally, I'd rather have a folding saw, but they're bigger, so. Yeah. Yeah. And that that that's the key thing here is like if you if you want to build shelters, use a saw. Don't you could use your knife for some of it, but like Yeah. I, you you don't want to build a structure with like like baton like hacking yeah. uh, uh, 10,000 yeah. sticks into something. Get a saw. No, I think you've convinced me. Um cuz I've been like I've been pondering my I have a survival knife on my bag. And I've been pondering it's like actual usefulness versus it's like weight and stuff, you know? And like, besides the like, I keep it on the outside of my bag and it's a little bit of a like, leave me alone, you know? Yeah. I think that I have been seeing, yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I think I want to fuck with this more, Red, redefine my own. Because uh, the knife that I use on a day-to-day -day basis is my folding pocket knife, you know? It's what I use for almost yeah. everything. I'm not going to baton wood with it. Well, I... I would I just wouldn't do a very good job of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. I say this as someone who I'm always going to have a big knife probably, and I, I don't have a purely rational reason for that, but yeah. But it makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. And so, yeah. No, and it's like, and I think it's telling, backpackers don't tend to have large knives. They don't tend to have survival knives at all. Mm -hmm. Backpackers also tend not to have axes or saws because they're not really, um, uh, they're focused on getting somewhere and camping, not like building large fires or building structures and things like that. Yeah. And then like, I think more and more like, I think like fighty type people have been focusing more on smaller knives anyway. Like the Karambit is a popular fighting knife or whatever. I mean, it's not a big knife. Yeah. Yeah, and if you see the, like, a lot of the, like, er, from, uh, I, d I actually don't know where current bits come from, but where they were developed, they're incredibly small knives. They're, like, an inch and a half long yeah. blades. They're incredibly tiny. It's Indonesian. I just looked it up. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's it's not a, like, like, no one, like, don't fight a bear. It's like, a general rule. Yeah. Don't live your life in such a way where you're fighting bears. And then if you are, use bear spray. <laughs> and if you're not using bear spray, <laughs> yeah. use a 10 millimeter handgun. Like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, we haven't really talked about firearms. Anyway, yeah. sorry, derailed yeah, yeah. into 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 knife world. No, no, I think that's. Um, I, I'm really no. This is useful. I learned some. Um, uh, it's probably worth carrying some kind of knife sharpener. If you suck like me, you can use the pull through style that Inman is probably going to be disgusted that I use because um, it destroys the initial original bevel. If you know how to sharpen a knife properly, you can bring a whetstone. It's a little... But whetstones are heavy. I know. And it's also... Or you can also bring a little diamond sharpener stick and stuff like that. Yeah. What would you... Okay, what would you suggest? What would you suggest as, a, as your portable knife sharpener? Light and transportable. Yeah. So, you know, a, a knife doesn't do you much good if it's not sharp. Um, and most people's knives are not very sharp. Um I would say that is a great skill to invest in or is learning how to sharpen a knife. It's like fishing to me. There's a lot of stuff. I've tried it so many times. I don't believe in it. I don't think it's real. Anyway, please continue. And yeah, like, you know, like what I have at home is this big series of like, uh, like benchtop whetstones. There's a million grits and... But one of the better things that you can have is a strop, just a leather strop, which is just some like full grain leather, like like uh, you want it to be fairly thick and some green polishing compound that you rub on it and you strop the edge, which helps maintain the edge. Okay. Um, and but as far as like pocket sized like sharpening devices the strop doesn't sharpen the knife the strop like helps redefine the burr on the knife and there there's a million different little pocket-sized whetstones but the important part is that you want something coarse and you want something fine to like refine the bevel yeah and so like if i had to build a little to-go kit i would get a little miniature like 400 1000 combo stone that is probably 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 not something ceramic because it's heavy but they make they make a bunch of different things i'm actually less knowledgeable about these pocket things yeah. but uh you want something coarse and you want something fine 400 and 1000 are great grits and then a strop okay. to kind of like polish out the edge okay with with that you can't go wrong well, you can go wrong. Yeah, I will go wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough to tell you how to go yeah. wrong. No, I will yeah. successfully go wrong. I've been trying to sharpen knives my whole life. I will continue to do it. I I, I can kind of do it. Um, I actually use a, a a little all-in-one pocket. It's a little bit larger than the like uh, stick ones, and it's a a longish yellow piece of plastic with um, two sides, and then also has a little fold-out part that can be used for filing in the like um saw parts and it has kind of a guide it has oh, a yeah. little bit of an angle yeah. guide built into it and that's the most useful part for me yeah and so yeah. that's the only time i've been able to sharpen knives to where they like can shave it's knife sharpening is is a skill don't that would be my advice is don't think that you're gonna don't rely on learning how to sharpen your knife for the first time when you're in an in an emergency yeah. And I will say, practice that as now. someone who's used dull knives for almost everything over the years, it's like, that's all right. I mean, it's not as good, but I can still cut a cord with a shitty knife, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the old knife making adage, a uh, dull knife, is, or sorry, the old kitchen worker mm-hmm. adage, 
a dull knife is a dangerous knife. Yeah. So live dangerously. Uh, cut. Live dangerously. Cut paper with your knives and never sharpen them. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about sleeping systems. Sleeping systems. Thank you for indulging my. No, no, this is what we're here for. Derailment. Um, <laughs> and some of this, we might kind of like some of the like camping stuff. We might not dive as deep into. Um, we're already on episode two of what was going to be a one episode. So, I believe in the sleeping bag, uh, and that's left over from being Oogle. I would say that the the one thing I would carry in any kind of bag is a sleeping bag. Um, this is not always true. I don't always carry a sleeping bag, but it's like almost a comfort item. It's like a no matter what, I'm warm kind of item. I believe in sleeping bags with a good stuff sack. I personally don't use down. Uh, backpackers tend to use down. It's lighter. It compacts more for the same warmth. Um, however, it doesn't insulate once it gets wet. Uh, and that is a, a big deal from my point of view, from a survival point of view, when everything is fine. I prefer a non a non down one. Um, they're also cheaper, and that might be why I have that preference. And also, I don't know anything about how the birds who produce down are treated. So, sleeping bag super important. A lot of backpackers have now moved to backpacking quilts, and then a lot of old timers will actually just use like wool blankets and stuff like that. Um, I love a sleeping bag. You're going to want to get off the ground. However, that said, in an urban environment, you can use cardboard. Um, you just need to layer it a lot, and it's not as good as a sleeping pad, but it is still useful. And you're going to need an, a sleeping pad that is appropriate to weather and desired comfort. If you want to hear me learn more about sleeping bags and tents, you can listen to me talk to Petra a year and a half ago. I don't remember the name of the episode besides Petra being the guest. And that's where I learned that the combo move of an air mattress and a, and a foam pad is is often really good. For shelter, you sort of three choices kind of is a tent, a bivy, or a tarp. This is not necessarily in a in a lot of bug out situations. It is necessary in my bug out situation and it might be in yours. And the advantage of a tarp is that it is like only one object. It is light. It is kind of easier to hide in a lot of ways. And I actually, when I'm sleeping in dangerous situations, like a lot of Google life is like trespassing. I don't like tents because tents you can't see out of it. Like it's like a little bubble. It's why people do like tents is that they want to be in their little bubble. And I totally get that. And I'll probably be a tent person moving on because it's like comfortable and safe and stuff. But when I was like younger and everything was well, not easier. My life was fairly hard. Um, But like whatever, it was easier for me to, to not bother with um, a tent. So I use a tarp. Uh, And then the other option is this bivy and a bivy is like a, like a waterproof sleeping bag and there's like one like i have one that has like one pole just to keep the head of it off your face you know um and these compact really small this is what a lot of people who are rocking who are doing military shit tend to prefer bivvies they're not popular among uh, backpackers the kind of closest equivalent is hammocks a lot of people also use but that involves there being good trees in the right place however hammocks can be like light and good and stuff too and these are all gonna be preferences and the reason i I no longer fuck with a bivy is I have a dog and he's coming with me. And so uh, I'm now probably a tent camper because if I'm sleeping outside, I'm just leashing my dog to a tree, but I don't want him to get rained on. I don't, I want him warm. So I'm probably going to be a, a tent camper from now on. And then some tents now, a lot of backpackers are moving to these tents where you use your hiking poles to keep them up. And then they're super lightweight and um, they're actually kind of cool. 
Um, and they're a little bit like some of them are like almost halfway between a tarp and a, a tent. And I love as like camping technology evolves. It just like I feel like it gets more old timey yeah. and more oogly, yeah, but like totally. with you know fancy seven hundred dollar you know? oogle tent. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. of these tents are like fucking six hundred, seven hundred dollars, and made out of like space material or whatever. Yeah. What's your favorite shelter for camping? Um, so this is funny. Uh, I once bike toured across the entire country mm. and from the West coast to Chicago, I built a tarp tent mm-hmm. every night. <laughs> like an A-frame? <laughs> in, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I built like a little tarp yeah. tent every night, um, which I had to get really creative in um uh the the west is uh, uh you know there's not a lot of trees yeah. everywhere um turns out and then when I got to Chicago I went out and bought the Big Agnes uh ultralight backpacking tent oh, that brand which is like sort about. of halfway between a yeah it's halfway it's like it's not a bivy but it doesn't have a much larger footprint than a bivy yeah. and it was the best thing that I've ever spent money yeah. on. I'm embarrassed to say that I spent money on it. Whatever, whatever. I did. Oh, I'm revoking your Google card. <laughs> you didn't scam it from REI dumpsters. I can't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah, but I, I love that thing. But I would love to move to a bivy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, honestly, like, I've only, I I haven't slept a ton in my bivy, but I was like, oh, this works. The other downside of a bivy is that your bag doesn't fit in the tent with you. And so if you sleep in the um, bivy in the rain, you're going to need to work on waterproofing your bag. But that is something that like as a backpacker, you're probably trying to do anyway. The main ways that people do it is one, a pack cover that goes on the outside. And then two, people often either put things in dry bags or just like fucking contractor bags, like trash bags inside their bag and let the bag itself get wet. And if you're if you're bivy camping, you are accepting that your bag is getting rained on um, and you just need to work around that, which is, I think, part of why it's like the tactical person's choice or whatever, because you're like, comfort doesn't matter. Surviving to get where I need to go shoot somebody is what matters or whatever, you know, um, or not get shot or whatever, which actually you're going to have to take into mind when you when you choose what kind of color for all of these things you want. I personally would lean towards the camo type stuff for my I live in a red state. I could imagine having to leave. Yeah. I'm going like, to like speed run the rest of the camping stuff. You might want a poncho or a raincoat. Some people like ponchos because you can um, also turn them into shelters or whatever. But I think sometimes that's a little bit. Just fucking <laughs> carry what you like. Uh, you want additional socks in your fucking go bag. No matter what. No matter what you're. Even if it's not a camping go bag, put some fucking socks in there. And some other change of underwear. And possibly like better soap, like camp soap, like more hygiene type stuff. My go bag has a fucking battery powered water pick so that I can floss with water at night because I have spent a lot of money on my teeth. Uh, They are not in great shape. And water picks rule. Uh, I also have a portable battery powered uh, electric toothbrush that I fucking love. You might want an emergency radio. Uh, if you're like good at radio shit, you might want a Baofeng. It's like an all channel and it can send as well as receive. It makes it called a transceiver. Um, it's really easy to accidentally break the law with a Baofeng because you're not allowed to actually use any sending signals on it most of the time. But they're very useful in crisis if you know what you're doing. On the other hand, I would just say get like one of those like um, you get a little battery powered weather 
weather AM FM radios and put it in there. At home, I keep one of those like hand crank solar panel everything survival radios or whatever, but they're like a little bit bulky and a little bit cheap. And so I like don't quite trust it in my bag, but I keep one at home. <laughs> but other people feel differently. Um, I like having a monocular or binoculars in a go bag. Um, I like this because looking at shit is cool. And sometimes also I could imagine there are situations where I want to look and see what's ahead and not go there. Um, if I had money, if I was yeah. like a money person, I would have at least a thermal monocular, if not full on like night vision shit. But that's that's money. Yeah. You want the rain cover, the dry bag. You want to beef up your first aid kit a little bit. You probably want an ACE bandage at the very least. Um, there's some other stuff like moleskin and other things for like long distance walking that you might want. Uh, I've heard good things about Luco tape and I haven't used it yet, but it's like people use it as a replacement for moleskin for covering blisters and shit. You might want cooking stuff. We're just, I'm just not going to get into cooking stuff here. And you might not. You can also like cold soak your food and just like put it in a like peanut butter jar with water and fucking have it turn into food whatever you might want hiking poles you might want a solar charger you might want as we've talked about a folding saw a hatchet or machete you might want more light like some people like the collapsible led solar lanterns they're not like a great bang for your buck in terms of like i mean they're actually really light and shit but like you know you can use a headlamp just fine but like sometimes if you've got like a family and shit it's like nice to have like a little bit of ambiance and, and niceness or whatever um especially like maybe if you're in like a a building right when the power's out you know, like that's the kind of thing that like is yeah. a little bit more likely um, and is useful. You probably want a plastic trowel of some type for pooping outside or a little um, aluminum trowel for digging a hole so you can poop into it. And. All right. Guns really quickly. And then. Yeah. OK. My recommendation. Is only carry firearms if you train in them, unlike everything else. Carrying something you don't know how to use is fine if you know you don't know how to use it and you get someone else to use it. Like your first aid kit, like my IFAC for gunshot wounds, if I'm shot in the belly, it's for someone else to use on me if at all possible, you know? Yeah. I do. I, I am trained in how to use it. But like, but so, so guns are the exception to this. Do not carry a gun unless you can keep it secure at all times. And you pay a lot of attention to the ethics and also the legality around firearms. Um, those have been covered a lot more in other places on this show. Uh, specifically, my current recommendation that I, I'm, I'm a little bit, this is like do what, whatever. I haven't yet ma mastered this. The handgun that I keep near my bed in a safe, in a quick access safe, would go into my bug out bag in a moment of crisis or be on my person and then in the bug out bag is additional magazines with nine millimeter ammunition. Nine millimeter is by far the most common ammunition besides like 22 LR, which is a survival round meant for hunting small animals. Um, but for a self-defense point of view, I believe a handgun nine millimeter. And if you are the type who wants long guns, if your whole thing is you're going to be surviving in the woods or whatever, you might want to consider some type of backpacking 22. They make, I think it's the AR seven is a one type of survival collapsible 22 and then the other one is a a 10 22 with a backpacker stock that folds what i personally plan on carrying if it was a a get out past the militia militia checkpoint the u.s government has fallen scenario or whatever is a folding nine millimeter carbine which is a rifle that shoots nine millimeter rounds a lot of people don't like these from a tactical point of view it's not nearly as effective at long range stuff as uh, say an AR-15 or other rifles that are meant to 
shoot larger rounds, right? Or not larger, but more powerful rounds. But the ability to use the exact same magazines that I already use for my other gun uh, and the exact same ammunition makes it worth it for me for specifically a bug out bag scenario. I don't have enough money to do this yet. That is why I don't have that. My only bug out bag gun is a uh, my handgun that I is also my home defense gun. Um, and now everyone knows what I have at home. Anyway, that's my firearms. They know one thing that you have at yeah, home. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or do they? They think I have a nine millimeter, but really I have a ten millimeter. Whatever. Um, oh, and then the other thing, randomly. Okay, if you're other threat model, if you're in like fucking Alaska or some shit, you might want a ten millimeter. But you already know this if you live in Alaska. Ten millimeters around that's like a better at shooting really big animals. It doesn't really have any like okay. particular advantage against like people and shit, right? But like against like grizzly bears and shit. One, bear spray. More effective. It is there's a bunch of studies. Bear spray is more effective at stopping a charging bear than any gun that exists. I, whatever. Uh, I, I mean, cool. maybe like a bazooka or some shit. I don't know, whatever. Oh, poor bear. <laughs> and then also you don't kill the bear. <laughs> yeah. It's just trying to fucking scare you and live its life. Yeah. Yeah. That's my bug up. Do you feel ready? And or do you want to talk about really quickly like some some scenarios yeah yeah um i feel a lot more informed i feel overwhelmed um i should address the overwhelm uh, and i should have i should have led with this (laughs) i'm so sorry everyone uh you don't need all this stuff this is the i'm building a bug out bag and i have all the time you slowly build the bug out bag you slowly get prepared there's no one who's entirely prepared for all things and the purpose of a bug out bag from my point of view is to ease your mind when i first made my bug out bag in my cabin in the woods i was able to say to myself if there's a fire in this forest i know what i will do and now that i know what i will do i am not going to worry about a fire in this forest anymore and so the first little bit that you get is the most useful. You get diminishing returns as you spend more money and more size and things like that. Massively diminishing returns. The everyday carry, your cell phone is the single most important object. You know, the pocket knife, the pepper spray, the the basic shit is the most important. If you have purse snacks and a water bottle, you are more prepared than almost anyone else. Yeah, I should have led with that. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's 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 okay. I feel like, you know, uh it we eased into it, then it got real complicated, and I'm I'm grateful to yeah. think about the overwhelm afterwards. <laughs> but Margaret, so it it in in thinking about a lot of these these things, there's like I'm like, okay, like I if I'm in real life D and D or if the literal apocalypse happens, um, then I could see needing these things. Um, but what, like what, why else might one need a a bug out bag? Like what is our, what is some threat modeling kind of stuff to think about? Yeah. I mean, like, again, it's going to depend on where you are. If I were to pick where I'm at, I can imagine gas supplies running out. Right. Um, I, I don't think, Mm -hmm. Or like getting interrupted in such a way that, you know, suddenly 
there's a lot of limitation to the amount of fuel that you can have, right? I could imagine uh, grocery store stuff. I couldn't like, you know, supply chain disruptions. We're seeing supply chain disruptions. People might have to leave because of earthquakes. Um, people might have to leave because of fire. Like natural disasters is like probably the number one thing, right? And where you where you live, you will know what the natural disasters are. Uh, well, where you live, personally, I would worry about drought and I would worry about water war. But, um, yep. and I would focus my prepping around rain barrels and, you know, um, keeping five gallons of water in my truck or whatever. I didn't even get into the shit you should put in your vehicle. Some other time we'll do vehicle preparedness. And, <sighs> but yeah, I mean, like there's scenarios where like, it was completely possible that January 6th type stuff could have happened on a much larger level, right? They tried to have it happen on a much larger level. We could have had a fascist coup in the United States because they tried. And in that scenario, you might need to leave the country or you might need to move to a safer part of the country or you might need to move to a place so that you can prepare to defend uh god defend the country um but like fight fascism even if that means being like all right it's us and the democrats versus fascism or whatever you know like like there's scenario like i can't imagine like the partisans in italy were like oh no you're a bourgeois capitalist i'm not going to fight the nazis with you you know like i mean actually that probably did happen but yeah or how there's like there have been tons of anarchists who are fighting in Ukraine. That is a, like, yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, if we were suddenly invaded by Russia, there would be like us and some patriots next to each other fighting on the same side and it would be real awkward, right? Real awkward. But like, you know, okay. Um, and... So I, I think that it, it was entirely possible at that moment that my threat model included what if I need to get out of the South, you know? And if I need to get out of the South, yeah, I'm driving until I hit the points where I start thinking that there's going to be militia checkpoints and then I'm in the woods, you know? Yeah. And like, so it's not nearly as likely as 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 other things. But most bug out scenarios, yeah, are like, I need to go spend a weekend somewhere. It could even literally be like a a go bag is like, if I got the call that my dad was in the hospital and I just need to get in my fucking truck and go see my dad, right? Like nothing else bad is happening in the world. It's still real nice to have the bag that I am grabbing and walking out the door, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some of the scenarios that you imagine that you would worry about? There's kind of there's kind of a lot of I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of scenarios. And I'm wondering if this is the potential for like future future episodes is like, you know, where, where I live, I do think about drought. I think a lot increasingly more about militia checkpoints because I live in a I mean, I feel like everyone lives in a place where there could suddenly be an active militia. Yeah. But I think about those things. This is a whole episode that we should do, but I think about like 
friends who live in places where it floods. I think about friends who live in places where there's hurricanes. Um, yeah. And I, I go back is also getting to go. If you need to go help someone who's in a type place of crisis, yeah. you know, like having your truck, don't drive your truck into standing water. If you don't know how deep it is, but like <laughs> if you needed to get into a, a disaster zone to help people, if you're more prepared, you're more able to do that. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I would. Mm-hmm. Could I suggest an addition to to go of back? Of course. Just as a thing. To no, consider. everything I said um, is the only stuff. That so you the, need. only yeah. stuff. Yeah, I would love to heavily urge people to have in their go bags or to have this as a separate bag in your emergency kit. Is um, you know, something that we're learning a lot from like uh, harm reduction mm. communities and organizing right now is is harm reduction supplies. Yeah, um, yeah, naloxone or Narcan, fentanyl testing strips, drug testing stuff in general. And, you know, even if you don't, if you don't use drugs, then I would suggest having stuff in case other people who do use drugs and need them to some extent or have complicated dependency around them um having that kind of stuff for someone else yeah could be life-saving to someone else that is a really good point all right well yeah. uh that's some stuff is there anything else we should talk about go bags <laughs> it's cool to have a go oh, bag. i had that's what i'm gonna say don't let the right way it's... have it it's fucking cool being prepared rules People are going to think you're cool. They used to make fun of you, but now, now they don't. They, but now they you're, still, but now you're cool. Um, you, fuck them. Um, I have two kind of silly questions because okay. I love rooting these discussions in humor okay. um, and uh, uh, lightheartedness. Okay. There's another word for it. Joy. Um, I famously I hate of. it. Joy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we've just gone through this big list of stuff. And um, do you remember Donnie Don't mm-hmm. from Crime Think? Yeah. What is the Donnie Don't of Go Bags? The Donnie Don't is a, just so people know, it's the don't do what Donnie Don't does. And uh, what is the Donnie Don't of Go Bags? It's probably the like crazy overkill versions. Like, I probably don't need an ice axe in my go bag. Mm-hmm. Now that I say that, I'm like, I mean, if I had to cross into Canada <laughs> on the East Coast, I would actually need an ice axe. But like, the and gear obsession, yeah. I think that, and letting go bags be a endless bottomless non-fun thing if it is fun for you to geek out and find the the version of the thing that's two ounces lighter do it as long as you give away the old one or like you know maintain it in such a way that it's useful to somebody else but yeah i think the donnie don't is the overkill like a bag that you can't carry um unless i mean some people can't carry certain amounts of weight that they would need and then they need assistance and things like that that's actually okay too but like but overall yeah. Cool. Yeah, and actually that is my retrospective answer for which knife to bring is the knife that you will carry. Yeah. Is the knife to totally. bring. The knife that does not 
that is not in does not impede you from carrying it. Yeah. Um, and then my other comical question, because mm-hmm. I can't do a single interview without talking about it, is so in Dungeons and Dragons, you have the adventuring kit, and mm-hmm. um, what is the fifty foot of hemp and rope, which every single adventurer uses at some mm-hmm. point, and what is the like climbing like um, not crampon pittens. What is the pittens thing that no one has ever used? If you use them, please Ooh. tell us about it. Everyone uses the uh, the eating stuff, the spork, the utensils. <laughs> Everyone uses, yeah, the like the like the the stuff that everyone uses is the tiny light cheap shit. You know, is the fucking Bic lighter. Uh, and no, what no one uses is the magnifying lens to start the fire, which I didn't even include. I actually include tiny little magnifying lenses in the kits because they cost like five cents, like little Fresnel lenses the size of a credit card. Yeah. yeah but it's yeah. mostly so you can read small stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that, that weighs nothing. I like throwing it in. But the magnifying lens, that's the... Uh, yeah, the the pitons, the, pit. the pitons, I don't know how to pronounce pitons. it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, cool. Thank you. Thank you for indulging my yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> my silly questions. Yeah. Um, well, it seems like maybe we should do some more talk about this more some other time. Yeah, um, you should ask me about vehicle preparedness scenarios. sometime and home preparedness. Yeah, vehicle preparedness and homes, home preparedness like specific disaster preparedness yeah. um like i know we're gonna we're planning on doing a hurricane thing at some point we're just um, gonna throw a hurricane and yeah in men's yeah. uh and level 17 you know, wizard is... <laughs> um and y- y- you know uh m- maybe we like do we eventually start talking about do we just throw do we throw you margaret into situations and um, say, how would you deal with the situation? Oh, I mean, like, is I that an like, episode concept? Physically, like, <laughs> like while I'm on tour, be like, sorry, Margaret, you're suddenly survivor lady. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I'm thinking of like uh, this funny episode concept mm-hmm. where we come up with situations, almost like role playing okay. situations, but real okay. life. And you tell us how you would prepare and deal okay. with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we should do that sometime. I guess I'll have to get good at this. <laughs> Usually, because I'm like, well, my whole thing is that I'm not quite an expert. At this point, I think I do know more than the average person. But my whole point was like, I'm not an expert. I find experts and ask them things. But I guess at this point, there's a lot of this shit that I either sometimes hands-on experience and sometimes I just fucking talk to people about it all day. So, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Well, Thanks so much for coming on this, uh, what ended up being a two-parter episode um, of your own podcast that I am a weird guest host of right now. Yeah, it's it's our podcast. Uh, (laughs) It's Strangers' podcast at this point. Yeah. Do you you have anything that you would like to plug? Uh, You can hear me on my podcast, Live Like the World is Dying. It's a community and individual preparedness podcast published by Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. You can also hear me talk about history. I spend most of my time reading history books and then talking about it on a podcast called Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff, which is on 
Cool Zone Media. It's very confusing that one of my podcasts is on CZN and one of my podcasts is on CZM, but that's the way it goes. And my most recent book is called Escape from Incel Island. Um, you can hear me talk about a shotgun that I used to really want, uh, <laughs> the Celtic KSG, which is what Mankiller Jones carries. It's no longer the shotgun I, 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 I lust after. Now I want a Mossberg 590A1. But, you know, I don't know whether I would have changed what they're carrying. And I'm on the internet, Magpie Killjoy, and on Twitter, and Margaret Killjoy on Instagram. And you can also follow, I'm now trying to make people follow our social media as Strangers in Tangled Wilderness. You can also follow us on social media at Tangled Wild on Twitter, and then at something or other on Instagram. I'm sure if you search Strangers in the Tangled Wilderness, we'll come up. Do you know what, it would, what is our... It is Tang... <laughs> Um, I run the Instagram, uh-huh. so uh, it makes sense. It is tangled underscore wilderness. Yeah. We we did a really good job of yeah. grabbing all the. We've been around for twenty years. We didn't fucking grab good Instagram <laughs> handles at the beginning. Yeah, that's what I got. Great, great. Um, well, we will see you next time. Yay. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go make a go bag and then tell us about it. But also tell people about the podcast. You can support this podcast by telling people about it. You can support this podcast by talking about it on social media, rating and reviewing, or doing whatever the strange nameless algorithm calls for. Feed it like a hungry god. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness. Our Patreon helps pay for things like transcriptions, our lovely audio editor bursts, as well as going to support our publisher, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness is the publisher of this podcast and a few other podcasts, including my other podcast, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness, which comes out monthly and is usually our monthly feature of anarchist literature or something. Um, We also put out the Anarcho Geek Power Hour, which is the podcast for people who love movies and hate cops. And we would like to make a special series of shout-outs to some of our patrons in particular. Thank you, Anonymous, Funder, Hans, Oxalis, Janice and Odell, Paige, Allie, Paparuna, Milica, Boise Mutual Aid, Theo, Hunter, Sean, SJ, Paige, Mickey, Nicole, David, Dana, Chelsea, Kat J, Starro, Jennifer, Eleanor, Kirk, Sam, Chris, Micaiah, and Haas the dog. I love that this list just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. And seriously, we could not do any of this without y'all. So thank you. I hope everyone does as well as they can with everything that's happening. And we'll talk to you soon.